Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus, because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks at greenvilleoaks.org and connect with us on social media. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Wade Hodges. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is the most important day on the Christian calendar. For many of us, it's the one Sunday a year when we summon the extra energy and effort to pull ourselves and our families together, not just in our Sunday best, but in our Easter Sunday best, which we then commemorate in a Facebook-worthy photo taken in front of a well-manicured backdrop. And it's all so perfect, so precious, so put together. For years, though, I've wanted to preach an Easter sermon entitled, Have Yourself a Messy Little Easter. Because the story of Jesus' resurrection as told in the Gospels is so much messier than our annual celebrations of it on Easter. The message of Jesus' resurrection of is life-giving, hope-giving, of course it is, but it can also be difficult to embrace because it challenges our fundamental assumptions about the way the world works, the way our lives work. And as we're about to see in John 20, the message of resurrection is not immediately obvious to anyone, and it is not always easily received. And even when we receive it, it calls us to do some hard things sometimes. So this is John's telling of the story. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. He says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb, both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. And he saw and believed. But they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And then the disciples went back to where they were staying. When Mary Magdalene gets to the tomb early in the morning on the first day of the week while it was still dark, 
All of those details are important. And she sees that the stone has been moved away from the tomb. Her first thought is not, hallelujah, he is risen indeed, just as he said he would. Her first thought is, hmm, someone. Grave robbers, Roman soldiers, religious officials. Someone has taken his body, and I don't know where they have put him. And then when Peter and the beloved disciple, whoever that is, come running to the tomb to verify her report of a missing body, they see there in the empty tomb, they see the burial clothes lying there like a deflated balloon as if they are no longer encasing a dead body. Just, they settled there in the tomb. And John tells us that the beloved disciple sees this and believes But what exactly he believes is a mystery that has been debated for centuries now. Because whatever it is, it's not complete. He may believe that something indeed has happened to Jesus' body. Certainly he believes it's not there anymore. But John also tells us that he and Peter still don't understand the meaning or implications of the resurrection. And this is obvious from the way they respond to what they see at the empty tomb. They respond by going back to the place where they were staying and apparently don't tell anyone about it. They see the empty tomb. They see the burial clothes. And they return home as if nothing has really changed. Sounds like more than a few of my Easter experiences over the years. Go to church, read a scripture about the empty tomb, sing a song or two about the empty tomb, hear, or in my case, preach a sermon about the empty tomb, maybe take a photo to celebrate the empty tomb, and then return home and get back to business as usual, as if nothing has really changed. Now Mary, she doesn't go home with them. She stays at the empty tomb. Let's continue with her story in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? 
Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Oh, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary is standing outside the empty tomb, weeping in much the same way another Mary was standing outside her brother's tomb, Lazarus' tomb in John 11. But this Mary looks inside the tomb and sees two angels who ask, maybe rather insensitively, who ask, why are you crying? Because we know something you don't know. And She repeats her first assumption. Someone has taken his body away, and I don't know where they have put him. She still believes Jesus is dead. She is viewing the world through the filter of death. That's all her mind can conceive of, which I think is also why John tells us when she comes to the empty tomb first, it's dark, because she does not yet understand She's still viewing the world through the filter of death. Empty tomb, angels, still sees death. And then she turns around, and it's the risen Lord standing before her, and he repeats the question about crying, and then adds another, who is it you're looking for? And she thinks he's the gardener, and repeats her answer that she gave to the angels. She still believes Jesus is dead. Now let's pause for a moment and note everything she has seen so far. She's seen the empty tomb. She's seen the discarded burial clothes. She's seen the angel setting where Jesus's body had been. Now she has seen the risen Lord, but she doesn't recognize him. And despite all she sees, she's still looking at the world through the filter of death. That's all her mind can take in. Death. Apparently seeing is not always believing. We should know this by now. Seeing is not always recognizing. Seeing is not always having insight into what's really going on. Many skeptics saw Jesus perform miraculous signs. They saw it with their own eyes and they did not recognize the truth about him. Many saw Jesus dying on a cross and they did not perceive his glory. Peter and the beloved disciples saw the empty tomb and they saw the burial clothes lying there and they did not understand its meaning. And Mary saw the risen Lord and mistook him for the gardener. 
And it's not until she hears the risen Jesus, the good shepherd, say her name that she finally recognizes him. It's what she hears Jesus say that opens her eyes. And then her understandable, reasonable impulse, recognizing the risen Lord, is to grab onto him, the one she thought she had lost, and hold on to him for dear life. And the risen Jesus won't let her do it. And this is where resurrection can be hard. Because Mary thinks she's getting the pre-crucified Jesus back. She thinks life is going to go back to the way it was before the cross. But the world has changed. The resurrected Jesus has changed. The world in which resurrection now happens has changed. And there is no going back to the old world. And Jesus will not let Mary live in the past. He will not let her cling to the past. Instead, he pushes her into the future and sends her to the other disciples with the message, the good news of his resurrection and his ascension. Because he's going back to his father. He's here now, but he's leaving because his mission has been accomplished. And so Mary leaves that empty tomb and steps into a whole new world that will never be the same, as she will never be the same. And it's no coincidence that all of this is happening on the first day of the week in a garden. The first day of the week in a garden, which is why she thinks he's the gardener. And in one sense, she's right on a cosmic level. Because Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of a new creation. Jesus' resurrection is the first day in a new creation week. And the risen Jesus, the cosmic gardener, invites Mary by name to begin living in the new creation where life, not death, is the filter through which she will now view the world. And unlike Peter and the beloved disciple, she leaves the empty tomb forever changed with a message to proclaim. And she delivers this good news to the disciples. There's resurrection, there's ascension, there's new creation. She becomes the first apostle to the apostles. And the message she preaches is simple. She says, I have seen the Lord. but only after first hearing him speak her name. And this story shows us that the key to leaving the empty tomb, the key to leaving an Easter service like this, depends just as much on what we hear as on what we see. I know from my own experience in years past that some of you who are here today, some of you who are watching at home today, 
don't feel much like celebrating. Oh, you'd like to celebrate. You want to be able to celebrate. Maybe even you're able to force yourself to pretend to celebrate. But the truth is your heart's just not in it today. Not after all you've lost. Not after the bad news you've recently received. Not with this much uncertainty about your future. Not with this sense of failure or frustration or heartbreak you're carrying. And you may be dressed in your Sunday best or your Easter Sunday best and smiling for the photo, but you are weeping inside. You're standing at the tomb with Mary weeping, grieving what you have lost, mourning what has been taken away from you. And what you need today is what Mary needed that first day of the week. You need to hear the risen Jesus speak your name. Christ speaks to us differently now than he did to Mary standing outside the empty tomb. We're not standing in the physical presence of the risen Lord, but we are in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is present in us. And it's through the Spirit that the Good Shepherd continues to speak to his sheep. For the next moment or so, I invite you to listen. Imagine you're standing in a garden in the cool of the morning. in front of the empty tomb. And tears of fear and grief, and pain and uncertainty are flowing. You're looking at the world and looking at your life through the filter of death. It's all you can see. And standing there in your pain, in your despair, you hear a stirring behind you. And then you hear your name. And you turn around and see the risen Lord. And he addresses the specific burden you have brought with you to the empty tomb. Maybe you hear the risen Lord who speaks your name telling you what he told Mary to stop clinging to the past and living in days gone by. Maybe you hear the risen Lord who speaks your name telling you to stop looking back with nostalgia on the old world and get on with life in the new world because that old world's not coming back. Maybe you hear the risen Jesus who speaks your name telling you what he's told countless others 
that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're about to go through, do not be afraid. For he's with you every step of the way. Maybe you hear the risen Jesus who speaks your name telling you that your most recent failure is not final. Your best efforts and intentions are not futile because God is faithful. Or maybe you hear the risen Jesus who speaks your name telling you that you will see again those loved ones you have lost to have been taken away from you. Maybe you hear the risen Jesus who speaks your name, giving you a message to share with others, just like he did Mary. It's a message of hope. It's a message of life. It's a word of encouragement for those who are looking at the world through the filter of death. And if you are looking at the world through the filter of death, Hearing your name spoken by the risen Christ opens your eyes to a whole new world. A world in which, because of Jesus' resurrection, life, not despair, not disease, not death, but life reigns. May whatever you hear from the risen Jesus today change you and make it impossible for you to leave this place, for you to leave this empty tomb and go back to business as usual. Would you stand for the benediction? This benediction is based on Isaiah 43. I invite you to read it out loud with me together. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of adversity, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you so much for listening to the message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message enriched your life and can help you inspire others to follow Jesus. Because we honestly believe following Him is the best way of life possible. Be sure to connect with us online on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.